Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to City Church Online. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, I'm really excited because next Sunday is one of the major events on our calendar year. So uh, get rid, get your turkeys, get your cards, get excited, get your house decorated, have your family over because next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And everybody goes, what is Pentecost Sunday? Exactly why we're doing a series on this and we've called it Reclaiming Lost Pentecost. I don't know if you've ever lost something of value before, uh, but it, you know you get that sinking feeling in your heart. I was out once uh, surfing with a friend of mine, and my wedding ring, who, which is one of the most valuable things that I have, uh, it, I, I looked and it wasn't on my finger, and, I, and my heart just sank. I went, oh no, because I'm in several meters uh, deep in water. We're out there, the surf is coming in. It's cold, uh, my fingers shrunk, and the ring flew off. And no matter how much my friend and I dove to try to find that ring, we couldn't find it. I lost it. I remember just that sinking feeling uh, because losing something of value is just one of the worst things you could ever have. But claiming, reclaiming something that's lost, now that's another story. And that's what we're going to do during this series, at least this week and next week, is we're going to reclaim something that's been lost that shouldn't have been lost, something of major importance called Pentecost. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, there's two places where the word Pentecost is mentioned in the New Testament, and we're going to look at one of them uh, right now. Now, the word Pentecost simply means 50 days or 50, and it's 50 days. We celebrate it 50 days after Easter. So if you count back from the 31st of May, which is next Sunday, if you count back 50 days, you'll hit Easter Sunday. So we're celebrating something that happened uh, here 2,000 years ago, and it's called the Day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read from uh, starting in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, there were about 120 of them in an upper room, and they're packed into this area. You can still go to the old city of Jerusalem, and you can, you can see where that was even today. I've been there. Uh, and then it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now they were staying in Jerusalem and it lists uh, a whole lot of people here. It says, uh, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are here uh, speaking, aren't they all Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring 
the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. I find it really interesting, this last question here, what does this mean? Because people are still asking that question today. If you think about the word Pentecost even, uh, it's something that raises uh, a lot of uh, different reactions from different people. Sometimes Pentecost is associated with uh, fanaticism or some kind of weird behavior from people. Uh, it's, it's, it's not usually kind of an endearing term, Pentecost. In fact, uh, the word Pentecostals is not even found in Scripture. It's just a name that was given to people uh, mainly that speak in tongues. However, the tongues that were spoken here on the day of Pentecost were actually known languages. They were the actual languages of these people from their country, their region, even their very own dialect. They heard them speaking in their own native tongue. And so these were actual languages that, that were being spoken by people that had no knowledge of these languages. It was a supernatural event. Isn't it interesting that when God appears all the way through history, most of the time, people don't understand him. They don't get him. They misinterpret what he's trying to do, what he's saying. It's, uh, leave it to humans to create a mess out of something that's so simple. When Jesus the Son was born in the manger of Bethlehem and, and uh, grew up before them and preached and taught, uh, they didn't get him. They crucified him. Uh, the rest is history. Whenever Jesus appeared and whenever Jesus walked on the earth, they were t constantly confusing what he said, uh, misinterpreting what he said. And here, when the Holy Spirit makes his entrance in a, in a grand way on the day of Pentecost, they still don't get it. Don't you hate it when people don't get you, when they misunderstand you, when they uh, misinterpret you, whatever you're saying or, or your, your character? It's one of the worst things that can happen to a person. And if you've ever had that happen to you, most of us have, it's, it's, a, it's really not a good feeling. How much more would God feel uh, hurt? I, I could imagine when uh, the people that he came to save, that he loves intensely, when the very people that he's come into the world to help, because the, the, the names that, that he gives to this Holy Spirit who comes on the day of Pentecost as counselor, teacher, uh, spirit of wisdom, spirit of truth. Uh, he's a peacemaker. He's, he's everything that you would ever want. And yet, People misinterpret him and call him quite the opposite. And these people here on that day, they go, what is this all about? We hear him speaking, all these different people speaking in our own language. And what are they saying? They're talking about the wonderful works of God. You'd think that the way some people were mocking and carry on even today, that, you know, that he was uh, speaking judgment and condemnation and he's going to destroy the planet. None of that. It was all good stuff. The gospel means good news. And when God comes, it usually is giving good news. Jesus went about healing all, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, healing all, not uh, putting sickness on people and coronaviruses, healing all, not some people respecting this person, and you got money and you don't, I like you and I don't like you, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. So, 
He is our advocate, advocate rather, uh, our defense attorney, so to speak, in the halls of heaven uh, when the accuser comes against us. He is the one that stands up for us. He is there to counsel us. Whatever situation that you're going through right now, you can either go through it by yourself in your own power, in your own wisdom, in your own might, or you can go through it with the wisdom and the counsel and the might with the almighty advocate called the Holy Spirit of God. I know the choice is really hard to make, and, uh, but I really encourage you, go with God's side. Look at what happened here and appropriate this in your life. And this series that we're doing, Reclaiming Lost Pentecost, is really about reclaiming the power of God in your life. God did not leave you hanging out there by yourself without, without answers to questions, without power to face circumstances. Now, Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, and so we're just going to look at what he had to say, and, and it's going to reveal a lot about God's heart and God's attention about this day. So in Acts chapter 1, just the uh, chapter before, we were in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 3, Jesus is with them now, and uh, he's been with them for 40 days. He's about to go away, and, and listen to what he says about this event called Pentecost that's coming up. After his suffering, he, Jesus, presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, I love that. I'd love to be sitting at that dinner table eating with Jesus. I don't know what they ate. Uh, but I know if it was me at the table, I wouldn't be so much interested in the food as much as the conversation. Imagine having the risen Lord, uh, the resurrected Savior at the dinner table. Imagine the questions. Imagine uh, the revelation would have been flowing. Just, you know, they're just like, this is like the most amazing meal dinner time that they've ever had. But then he switches and he goes, he says he gave them this command. In other words, he's getting serious now at the table. They're not just talking about past times, having a laugh. Uh, you know, what about so-and-so that you catch up with them or whatever. Uh, he, he gives them a command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem. That's where they were. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now, John, who was there, writes about a lot, probably more than anybody, about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit who is coming on the day of Pentecost. He said, Jesus said this, he said, it's better for you if I go away. What? <laughs> like, how could that be better? We've got God incarnate. We've got the Son of God. We've got God in the flesh with us for three and a half years doing miracles answering questions that, you know, only people in eternity could ever figure out. We've, we have got the, 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 the Son of God with us right here for three and a half years, and he says, it's better for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, I'm not going to send the Comforter. He refers to the Holy Spirit, his Spirit, the Spirit of God, as the Comforter. He says, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. They don't believe in him because they can't see him and they can't know him. Do you know, nothing has changed today. People still can't see God. And so therefore, they don't exercise something called faith 
to see him with their spiritual eyes, so to speak, and to take his word by faith, and therefore they never get to know him. The Holy Spirit is the same way. You cannot see the Holy Spirit, but you can know him. And you can see, like the wind, you can see what he does. You can see the outcome of it. However, like the wind, you can't see him. And Jesus talks about the Spirit who is to come, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of truth. And he says, it's better for you that I'm going away. I'm going away. If I don't go away, I'm not going to send him. Now, why was that better? How could that possibly be better than walking with the Son of God for three and a half years? That's an amazing question. That's why Pentecost is an amazing event that we need to celebrate and we need to reclaim it and understand it. And so he says here uh, in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now that word baptism or baptized, it just means to be fully immersed. It's, uh, it was used uh, concerning the Phoenicians who dyed garments by taking a white garment and plunging it into this, this dye. It could be purple dye or whatever color. And, and so the garment became permeated with the, with the dye. In other words, the dye got into every facet of the garment. So he uses this word, baptized. He says, you will be baptized, uh, for John baptized with water, rather, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amazing, isn't that? Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom, of, uh, uh, the kingdom to Israel? And he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set in his own, in his own authority. They've, they've gone and they've switched the channel. They, they've diverted off the subject. The subject is the Holy Spirit. He's coming. Jesus is excited about this. He's trying to get them excited. He's saying, you guys got to wait here because the, this Holy Spirit that I've been talking about and uh, that John wrote about, he is coming and uh, this is exciting. You got to wait here for him. And then they switch off of that because they don't get it. They don't get God and they certainly don't get this event, the enormity of it. And people today don't get God and they don't get uh, Pentecost. And so he, he switches back again, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. Power across racial barriers. Power when you walk out your door. Power with your family. Power at work, that's your Jerusalem. Power when you go further. Do not leave until you get this power. You're not equipped to do anything, really, of, of any importance until you get this power that I'm talking about. And that word power is the word dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. This explosive power, he says, do not leave even Jerusalem, don't even leave your house without it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after the, he said this, he was taken away before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. Now this is interesting because he doesn't say that this power that you're going to receive is going to enable you to remember all the things that you witnessed, as in 
uh, the, res the, the crucifixion, the resurrection. A lot of them were in that upper room, and uh, they had witnessed him growing up. His mother Mary was there. Perhaps uh, one of his brothers for sure was there, James, and perhaps others. And uh, they had witnessed him growing up. Others had witnessed uh, his crucifixion. They witnessed his teaching for three and a half years. And some had, had witnessed the resurrection. And he had appeared to many over 40 days. In fact, that's in, in Acts chapter 1 is one of those occasions that the resurrected Jesus had appeared to them and eaten with them. But he wasn't talking about you shall receive power to share what you have witnessed with your eyes about my situation or about me. No, the word that he uses here is the same word for martyr. And, and he says this, you're going to be what other people are witnessing. You are going to be the witness. You are going to be the event. People are going to look at your changed life. They're going to ask the question, how could somebody that was broke end up where you're at? How could somebody as weak as you that can't even talk how can you get up with boldness like Peter did later on and preach and 3,000 people get saved? How can you do these things? It must be because God is in your life. How could you get delivered from a hopeless situation like God did with me? We've all got a testimony, but you know my testimony was about as hopeless as it gets. Uh, you know, I was I was a educated. Uh, drug addict and uh, drunk. It was just really miserable until uh, somebody introduced me to Jesus, until then the Holy Spirit came into my life and God transformed me from the inside out. I became somebody that uh, I could never have become any other way. I never could have ever imagined myself being pastor of a church and preaching and uh, you know doing the things that, that I've had the privilege of doing, but knowing those things did not come out of my power, out of my education, uh, because I'm so hot and educated and uh, I didn't mean hot, uh, because, you know, I'm so amazing, we put it that way. Uh, and, and those things did not come out of that. They came because God's power was resident on the inside of me and transformed my life from the inside out. One of the privileges that I've had uh, as, as a pastor, I've been in full-time ministry now since 1985. And uh, since that time, I have witnessed so many miracles I have witnessed some amazing things. I, I have witnessed the power of Pentecost here. Not some weird denomination. Like I said, the word Pentecostal is not even in the Bible. Uh, it's just kind of not even a nice thing that people say about people. Uh, but if Pentecostal means a witness to God's power and a, 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 a life that's been transformed, then I guess I'm Pentecostal. I'll take it. But, you know, the Bible doesn't differentiate between Baptist and Pentecostal and mainline and evangelical, all, all these terms, you know, that's not God that's put those terms on there. There really is only one thing. Be a believer. You take it all. Get everything that God has. Of course you want the Holy Spirit. Of course you want the power. Because where would you be without the Spirit of God? Uh, I find it amazing because, uh, you know, we look back to Christmas. We celebrate that. Of course, that's God with us, Emmanuel. Uh, but he was only in one place at one time. If you weren't within a physical proximity of where Jesus was standing, you did not have God in your world. Of course, God is everywhere, but uh, he only the Spirit of God only came upon basically three people, the prophet, the priest, and the king. And he came upon Jesus without measure, the Bible says. He had the Spirit without measure because he is 
God incarnate, again, God in the flesh. But uh, if you were not physically there, if you did not have Emmanuel, God, with us, you were not there, then you you were out there just like everybody else, without counsel, without the teacher, without the spirit of wisdom. You were you were out there just going through religious performance, trying to good your way to God, uh, you know, trying to be the best you that you can possibly be. And, but you were stuck in your own weakness, not filled with power from on high. Now, when Jesus went to the cross, we celebrate that. It's called Good Friday. And, and you know, people, we sing songs, you know, the cross has the final word. It's all about the cross. And man, you know, how amazing is that? He took all of our sin and all of our shame and everything that was contrary, uh, and he took all that. He, he became our ultimate advocate. He is our ultimate Savior. We look back at that event with tears and great appreciation, and then three days later, it's Easter. He's raised from the dead, and we know that because he was raised from the dead, that, that he lives, that we live, and we celebrate Easter. So we celebrate Christmas, Good Friday, Easter. Then 50 days later, it's Pentecost. There won't be a turkey. There won't be any gifts. There won't be any cards. There won't even be a celebration. In fact, Pentecost won't even be a speed bump celebration for most churches. It's because Pentecost, the significance of it, has been lost. And yet, it is a main event, if not the main event, in history, especially when it comes to the Christian church. The church would not exist if it were not for what we're talking about now, the day of Pentecost. But don't you hate it when people don't get you? And they didn't get God, they never did. And they certainly don't get Pentecost. They don't understand what it is. It breaks my heart. I'm passionate about this subject, you can tell that. And I'm really looking forward to where we're going uh, just in this series between today and next week. Now, it says here that you will be witnesses in all of these places. Jerusalem, that's where you live. So think about this. You need to be endued with power from on high to do your job so that when people look at you at work, there's a distinct difference between you and somebody else. When people look at your Jerusalem, so to speak, your, your hometown of your family, when they look at your family life, your marriage, there should be a strong witness that Christ is alive, that the Spirit of God is in your relationship with your wife, husbands, with your husband's wife, with your children, parents, and vice versa. There should be a difference in your Jerusalem and further in your Judea. When you step out, you go out beyond your, your, your home, so to speak. There should be a difference in your world. And then uh, it says in Samaria. Now that's amazing because Samaria was a region where they, uh, they fought with the Jews. In fact, could any, you know, that when Jesus went through Samaria and he talked and he met with that woman at the well, that was a major thing because firstly, you don't talk with women. You're a rabbi. Secondly, you don't even go to Samaria. It's a place we don't like them. They don't like us. It's, uh, it's almost like uh, racism, raw racism. We don't cross those lines. And yet he says, this power that you're going to get, it's going to enable you to have the power not to be a racist, not to be a bigot, to love people the way God loves people. That's such an amazing thing. Do not leave without 
this power, the power of love and the Spirit of God, the power of love is amazing. Do not leave without that. So when we're talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, we're talking about more than just tongues or some manifestation. Now, it's amazing here because all of the, the city of Jerusalem during this time, they had three feasts that the Jews had to attend. They had to attend Passover, which celebrated uh, uh, the, the Jews leaving, Israel leaving Egypt. Uh, and that was fulfilled when Jesus went to the cross. He became the Passover uh, lamb. Uh, they, they actually sacrificed real lambs. He became the sacrifice uh, and then there was tabernacles where they lived in tents to celebrate the fact that they wandered and lived in tents for 40 uh, years in the wilderness. And then here is Pentecost. And, and the Jews had to attend this. They actually had a tithe. They had to give 10%, put 10% of their income away to attend these three feasts that were compulsory uh, during that time. So the whole city of Jerusalem is packed with people. And it's not packed with just people that live in Jerusalem. It's packed from people from all over the world. Elamites, we read this, Medes, Mesopotamia, people from uh, uh, Cyrene, the region there, from, from Jews and Romans alike, for all over the world of that region, from North Africa, way into Turkey, uh, all, all these regions, they came together in one city here at one time, and they heard the wonderful works of God in their language. It's interesting because this uh, particular festival called Pentecost was actually called the Feast or the Festival of Weeks, W-E-E-K-S. What is that all about? It was a festival to celebrate the first fruits, the first crop, the first harvest of the wheat that came in. And wheat in the Bible is a metaphor for humanity. It's for the people that God loves, God's people. As he gathers in the wheat, it's metaphorically speaking about gathering together the people of God from all over uh, the world. And it's interesting because the way they gathered wheat back then, they would bring the wheat in, put it on a threshing floor, and, uh, and then they would beat the wheat, and, and they would separate the wheat, the kernel from the chaff, and they would use winnowing fans to blow away the chaff. On that day, isn't it interesting that they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and then the chaff would get burned up, and on that day, they saw uh, tongues of flick, like flickering fire uh, on their heads. And that is, is what the, the feast or the festival of Pentecost is all about. It's all about people. It's all about the harvest. It's all about gathering in uh, uh, people from all regions of the world. Now, we live on the Sunshine Coast. City Church uh, is here on the Sunshine Coast. And we have been experiencing something amazing because we have a vision uh, to reach the nations. In fact, our vision statement is to grace the nations. It's to take the grace, which is uh, the supernatural favor of God, if you will. The number for grace is five, like the fivefold, uh, uh, the hand of God. Uh, it's to take the favor, the supernatural power of God's spirit to the nations of the world. I, I, when, when, uh, when, I, when I was shown that, that vision, and God really did speak in my spirit about that, uh, I grappled with it. I thought, now how could that happen? Uh, I just got to get on planes and I got to travel to Russia and I traveled there and Pakistan and 
you know, every place I could possibly go to, to take the grace of God. And it was wonderful. A lot of people were touched, but I thought, man, if, if, this, if grace the nations is up to me getting on airplanes and sending people, uh, I, I don't think we have a real big chance here, God, of, of this ever coming to pass. But then something amazing happened. The nations started coming to our city. So I can picture what's going on here in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost uh, because people from all over came there. People from all over the world are coming to the Sunshine Coast now. And it's an amazing thing because they are hearing the good news in their own language. They are getting touched by the power, the same power of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is touching people's lives. We are seeing miracles. We are seeing people that, are, that have been facing incredible situations, cancer and bankruptcy and marriage breakups. And in all these situations, we are seeing the power of God come into their life and, and, and they are now empowered with power from on high. Before, it was really up to them. They're, they're weak. They're, they're self-made, man. Go out, confront the world. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Uh, yeah, get out there, tough it out. Uh, no, there's a better way. And that is, when you are weak, he is strong. It's calling upon the power of God. It's calling upon the spirit of the comforter, the teacher, the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. You, you, you need to be endued with power from on high. Whatever you're facing right now, and I know I'm talking to people uh, for sure that perhaps, you know, this pandemic has rocked your world. Maybe you've lost some business. Maybe you've lost your job. Uh, you know, perhaps your, your, your marriage or your home is under stress. Your business is under stress. You might be uh, listening to this. You are between a rock and a hard place. Well, I've got some good news for you because it's not you that needs to face these things. It's you and God that needs to face these things. I made that decision back in 1978. And uh, I want to tell you, it is the best decision that I ever made. And it wasn't just to be free from, uh, you know, drugs and that kind of thing. Honestly, way more than that. God is, God is so amazing. He has given me an amazing life. And, uh, and, and that life would not have existed had it not been for Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming into my life. Well, I'm, we're out of time, but I'm so excited. And I just want to pray for you. Next week, we're going to go further. We're going to show you how to appropriate uh, the power of the Holy Spirit into your life. And uh, it's going to be very exciting. I'm glad you're on this journey to reclaim lost Pentecost. So get ready for some amazing things. But right now, I just want to pray for you because wherever you're at, uh, God knows. And uh, I believe that God wants to be into your situation wherever you're at and give you the ability that you don't have without him. Firstly, I'm going to pray that you can, uh, you'll have an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. It's not a formula. This is just a simple prayer. But mean it from the heart, and uh, God will come in, and uh, he will be the Lord of your life. He'll take charge of situations that you've tried uh, to take charge of but haven't really seen the result. Well, God will come into your life, he will transform your life from the inside out, starting with your heart. So we're going to do that, and then I'm going to pray for you, and, uh, and uh, I'm excited about this. So, Father, right now, I thank you. Right now, wherever you're at, just say this prayer after me. Again, not a formula, but just say this uh, with me right now. Say, Dear God, come into my heart. Jesus, 
I give you my life. It's just that simple. If you've given him your heart, you turn from your old life, turn toward him. When you give him your life, you do exactly that. He takes your life and uh, he is now the Lord of your life. So follow him. Now let me pray for you because I believe right now that wherever you're at, God not only wants to uh, fill the space that you're in in your home, but he wants to fill your heart with his power. So whatever you're facing right now, I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you right now that you would empower every person that's watching this or listening to this prayer, that you would empower every single person, Lord, to do what they cannot do. Some have tried to break free from habits, could be mindsets, uh, unbelief even. Uh, some might have been like me, just uh, addicted to various substance abuse. I thank you right now, Lord, deliver each person from whatever they need to be delivered from. And I thank you, empower each person with the power from on high so that they have whatever it is to go into their Jerusalem and Judea and, and, and outer parts of the world in Jesus' name. I thank you right now for filling their hearts with your very presence. And we thank you that we reclaim lost Pentecost in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for uh, being part of this online service. Again, next week, we're going to go further. I'm really excited. Uh, hey, visit our website. It'll come up on the screen. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And uh, help us help you by subscribing and, uh, and letting us know how we can pray for you. God bless you. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.